You strike me as the bear type. Welcome aboard the USS Boda. This is your captain, not Patrick Stewart speaking. You're listening to Dork Trek. Dorktrek.com. Engage, Mr. Manny. Really weird, right? Yeah. Does that show up on the recording? No. No, it doesn't. Okay. It's just, it shows up on our end. Oh, hey, Jenny, what time are you trying to do the um, the Bell and Dubs thing on Saturday? 1 p.m. Oh, okay. So it's in the, in the afternoon. Okay, yeah. cool. That's yeah. awesome. Okay. And we do have a pretty tight time frame, so it's not going to take very long. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I'd like to go to the beach on that day. So. <laughs> well, one of the people had to get childcare arranged, and he's only got it for a certain amount of time, so... I'm sure everybody's going to appreciate keeping it tight. All right. If you know what I mean. All yeah. Right. Can do that. Cool. And let's talk about the latest episode of Voyager. This week's episode is what? Inintations? Did I get that right? I, I don't think so. What is it? Initiations. There initiations. It is. And as soon as I said it, I said, like, oh, yeah, initiations. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe I watched the wrong episode. No, you didn't. <laughs> it's been a strange week. <laughs> Initiations. There it is. That Which makes a lot more sense. Actually, I maybe wonder if I did watch the wrong episode. I got to read this Wikipedia <laughs> and make sure I know what episode this is. This is oh, the okay. one yeah. This is the one with Aaron Eisenberg. Yeah, the Nog episode. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I watched that last week. I watched a bonus one. I'm prepared oh, for the wrong yeah. one. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> That's fine. This I'm is, ready. This is episode two of season two. Uh, you, What did you watch? Projections, Jenny? Yeah, the, the doctor one. Yeah, go see the doctor. So yes, that's next week. But this that's week. That's fine. I'm prepared. This week, initiations. I'm not used to being ahead of schedule. I'm usually like, oh shit, I missed one. Oh no. I gotta get this 45 minute show in in five minutes. <laughs> Watch it on five times speed. Hey, Ben's here. I thought he had worked. <laughs> I guess he blew it off. I heard a cicada. Could you check it out? You heard a cicada? Where? Downstairs. Where? This is my giant son. Say hello, giant son. Hi. Hello, giant. Hi. Hello, giant son. There's a cicada? Yeah, there's. I heard a cicada downstairs. Could you find it? I'm not going to be able to find a cicada downstairs. How is that going to happen? I heard one. All right. Well, you have to talk about Voyager while I'm gone. <laughs> I want to talk about cicadas. Okay. So talking about cicadas. Here, hang on. Do you want to talk to them about cicadas while I look for it? Or do you just want to go downstairs? I'm going to help you look. Okay. I'll be right back. We'll be right back. I'll be right back. So somebody pointed out online. Uh, I, wanted, I don't know if you guys saw this or not. But they pointed out that the cicadas sound like the old original series phasers that are firing from the ship. And they put the like the original Enterprise firing down on the planet. And then they put the cicadas and the sound is very similar. That beep, beep, beep. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, okay. So the Enterprise is basically trying to fuck some cicadas. Is that what well, well no, I think it's 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 like a the 24th century, we've, we've decided that the only way to take care of the cicada problem is to, to uh, weaponize them. Is to weaponize <laughs> them. So these are like cicada beams that are coming out of the. That's what phasers are cicada beams. That would be awesome. Yeah. 
but you can only reload every 17 years. <laughs> so once you're done, you're done. It's just like, oh, war's over. Sorry, got to wait 17 years. And 17 years from now, we're going to kick your ass. That whole 17 year thing always seems kind of overrated to me because, yeah, yeah, there's more than one brood. Exactly. And so, like, almost every year there's a new cicada brood that comes out. Yeah, maybe it's not as big as this one, but still. Yeah. Well, this is like the the boomers of cicadas. It's, it's, it's every 17 years, it's like a boomer. They don't generation. know how to work Facebook. Yeah. Cicada book is just like. They try oh, to overthrow the government. Jesus. <laughs> calling, calling the cops on barbecues. Wait, wait a goddamn second. So is Brood X part of QAnon? <laughs> well, see, here's. They're coming thing. out in August. Ah, oh, Jesus. They're going to storm something. They're going to storm the entire mid-Atlantic. Are they really in this area? Because mm. yeah, I don't really... Just well, making shit up. Not, not here, but like D.C. You know, they got a oh. bunch of them up there. Wait, QAnon or Cicadas? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm actually watching that Into the Storm uh, documentary right now. Oh, Jesus. And all I can think of is, man, like, somebody figured out how to make, how to recruit for a cult online is basically mm-hmm. what it is <laughs> it's it's really pretty sad when you see like these people who are being duped by this stuff it's just like oh you poor, poor people like, somebody somebody didn't hug you <laughs> i have to feel special dennis yeah mom told me i was special also i need a vegan diet if i get arrested oh hashtag just say well, because you know, like a cult, they they target people who, um, you know, have a lot of have a lot of problems in their life, and they can't Daddy find issues. a person to blame for it. So, like the cult leaders help direct their blame at something else. Like, okay, we're going to fix your problems by usually, like cults try to say we're going to leave the planet or something, you know, like something cool. But this one's like, no, we're going to all the the reason why you have all these problems is because all these satanists are eating babies billionaire satanist pedophiles yeah are ruining the world and they're funded by soros so how can we stop pizza parlor (laughs) jesus yeah in the basement of pizza parlor that doesn't have a basement gotcha yeah Yeah, sure see that's 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 what the cabal wants you to think they came in once that once they knew that we found out about it they came in and yeah. they filled up the basement with cement yeah. so that we wouldn't be able cement. to find it. <laughs> oh, skeet skeet. They went and raised the water table just so it would look unsuspicious. Unsuspicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I just, what am I doing with my life? Oh my God. Podcasting. Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I keep forgetting what this is that we're doing. <laughs> Oh, I okay. So the AC on on my car went out, mm-hmm. and it's going to be eighteen hundred dollars to fix it. Oh, you haven't gotten it fixed yet. Okay. So for the people who aren't part of game night, they may not know that I was complaining Tuesday night about what Jenny uh, broke ass Ben. Oh, Why yes. is Ben broke? Because he's spending all of his money on golf clubs. And so yes, he's broke. that's right. And he can't I, afford I kind of just tuned you out for a minute there. 
So I'm <laughs> so like I was saving up to get the AC fixed, but I accidentally bought more golf clubs with that money. You live in an apartment though. My car AC. Oh. Yeah. So now though, I'm like getting sunburned from driving around with my windows down. And like I was, I had like a good base level tan because I've been golfing. So, you know, I throw in some sunscreen and it just, you know, safely browns me up to a, a slow level of not pain. But driving around the car, like my golf shirt, it, it's like longer than the, I guess, the shirt that I was wearing when I was driving all day. And so there's like this four inch, three inch band of, of bright red pain. You have a red <laughs> armband now. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Damn it, Jenny. I'm QAnon. You have been. Well, oh, we're glad you well, you made it because we didn't think you were going to make it. We just started talking about the episode, which is okay. initiation. So, <gasps> find that cicada, Bob. Didn't find it. Oh man, you'll they're, find it's dry husks and. Well, they're well, they're everywhere right now because Brood X or Brood yeah, Ten has invaded our neighborhood, and they're kind of everywhere. They're not as bad as I thought it would be, but they're. It's pretty interesting. They're really fucking loud. Brood X going to give it to you. <laughs> yeah so so yeah dudes so the episode right like um mm-hmm. did you uh, already start talking about singing spirit in the sky no okay haven't got that far we just you know i forgot about that part somehow yeah well, until you just mentioned it what the singing spirit in the sky yeah, about chakotay like doing his prayers and stuff now yeah. why would why would they let him do this it's ridiculous because they have to remind you every time he's on screen that he's native american no 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 i'm not even talking about that like i get that part of it like (laughs) but why would they let him just take a take a runabout and go out into space by himself why why is he gotta go so far away from everybody yeah he doesn't like light years i'm gonna talk like (laughs) i i like to if if somebody's at my house i go to a different room to do my morning prayers yeah right a different room that's adequate at what point did Native Americans develop this thing that you got to go a couple of light years? Light years. Light years. Well, that's the only light space years. that the white man hasn't claimed yet. So that's why he's got to go. Well, out and then, you know, for now, until the, now, the now, show up. We know that there's no religion, I guess, in this time frame. So they wouldn't have like a chaplain or anything like that at all. Like there wouldn't be like a designated like prayer area or anything like that. I've I've heard that go back and forth with uh, Star Trek stuff. Where because I mean, the Starfleet Chaplain Corps. Yeah, because which, which he, is not canon. Yeah, but you would think though, like if there was enough Bajorans in space, like they would want to do their shit. Yeah, yeah I don't you think know, it's can necessarily like. Is it necessarily that there's no religion, um, like, in, for humans, or just that we don't let it run our governments anymore I you know like our daily lives i think they've stuff. got it in under check yeah know, i'm sure there's gotta be some mormons somewhere right yeah space mormons yeah they left they went to space utah <laughs> they live on some planet but yeah so you think there would be a space designated on the ship where they could pray you know um, if, if tom paris wasn't doing his 
what is this his French horse saloon or whatever it is? Yeah, the, the pool table. Maybe they could use the holodeck. It's another thing. Chapel. Just mm-hmm. use the fucking. They use the holodeck for everything else on this show, yeah. but why not just use the holodeck for this? Yeah, and then Vic can Vic. Uh, what's his name? Could come in from Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Yeah. They can have whole I almost said victim moan again. You almost said victim moan. Yeah. I can uh, have it. But yeah, well, I don't know. So, but I think this also fits into the idea that they need someone to leave the ship so they can get kidnapped. Yeah. Like they need that device. And here it is again. He's he's off the ship and he gets he gets kidnapped. Yeah. But I there like could have been a million other reasons for him to have left the ship. You know, he's going to collect something from some asteroid or planet or something they've done it before yeah well, maybe it's they're not like they're is... not afraid of like repeating themes on this show well maybe they're trying to be original this week maybe this is the week that they're like by hey, bringing have... up more questionably <laughs> native american stuff but they they think that the, the native american stuff is authentic still they don't know that it's it's you know yeah because they didn't yeah it's weird too because what he had like a a burlap sack and like a deer skin and in Uh the deer skin he had a rock uh like one of those old school football player games you know that you would play football on like the little handheld football games yeah and then and then like the carcass that's that's his peyote that's his techno peyote because he had it before when he was given uh janeway the fever dream and then the carcass of a dead bird (laughs) Yeah, it's like a, a raven wing or some shit. I'm like, what the fuck? That was Data's raven wing. Yes, it was. Re- it's a really weird collection of stuff ripped and from they, the dreams. And yeah. they have, like Ben said, they have a guy on the sh- on the show who is a Native American expert, quote unquote. Come to find yeah. out later, he's just some Italian guy. Um, Fake. But was it his idea to have the painted rock and bird carcass? Like, <laughs> I'm sure it was. And again, this is pre-Google, so you know that's that's the other. Yes, thing. Ben, but they still had books and they still had libraries. Yeah, but you got to go to go. It's now. It's just like let me. Let me is this is this shit real? Hold if on. If they were willing to read, they wouldn't have hired somebody to be their Native American consultant. <laughs> I think back in the you might forget Bob because I know you guys are younger than me. But back in the 80s and 90s. People didn't have time to read, so and we didn't have our phones. So what we would do is pay somebody to do the reading for us. A researcher. Then, yeah. So they would be the, the designated night, reader. But isn't, like, if you're a writer, isn't, like, an important part of being a writer reading, like, as much That's as you bullshit. can? That's <laughs> bullshit. The best writers are avid readers. That's so stuff you're hearing. That stuff you tell little kids like Santa Claus stuff, Dennis. Yeah, that's BS. No, but you I mean, say like, that you want to research your subject to some extent, right? Like, or at least the genre. Yeah, that's why I'm on a couple of FBI lists. Now. Maybe, maybe genre. Yes, you do some genre reading, but yeah, I don't know. I read a lot. You know what I read? I read what sells. <laughs> it's like what, what's hot right now that I can rip off. That's that's what I'm trying to. Is, this, is sparkly vampires in space still a thing? It can be though. It sparkly can. vampires will always be a thing. It can be though. We we can make it a thing. But yeah, so he's out in space, and all of a sudden the uh, the Curzon is that what they're going? Not the Curzon, the Kazon, the Which, Kazon dudes. I yeah, my note realized. is oh, the Kazon are still a thing? Question mark. Yeah. I, I realized in this one that they just repurposed the Klingon 
yeah forehead stuff and, mm-hmm. no but that's the, that's a metaphor for this whole alien race's existence <laughs> they just repurpose some klingon stuff yeah yeah because yeah. they're they're kind of klingon but i guess this is the first episode where they get into like more of a like street thing like they, it resembles more of like american gangs with like earning your name and mm-hmm. your territory and it gets real dumb it, it's 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 I felt it was a little native american-y too like they were trying to parallel Chakotay's Native American traditions with this these space Native Americans, you know, they were kind of tribal, you know, and like mm-hmm. you go off and you know do your sing your war song and go off and fight your first battle. The surprise your- attack could have been asleep at night. Earn your name. <clears throat> Yeah, because I, like- I guess I guess just from reading all the stuff on the Wikipedia page, I guess the writing of the episode, uh, they wanted to do it more like a street gang. It was supposed to be where it was more analogs for the street gangs in Los Angeles. Well, see, this was the 90s again. Yeah. So this is mid-90s. So, you know, we're really scared of Black people in Los Angeles right now. It's like, oh, old gangs, Rodney King, have a yeah. riot. So I thought they were that, cashing in on the whole menace to society, boys in the hood thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe again, scared of black people. Space doughboy. <laughs> what gang runs this block today? It changes every day. So you gotta, you know, Voyager didn't know. Maps no, are useless. Yeah. yeah. And you're out there showing your colors in, in my part of town. Yeah. yeah. Very bold Starfleet. With your uniform, like you got your uniform on, you're waving around your uniform and your technology, like a bunch of techno jerks. But I will say though, that you got on my drink, Voyager. This episode has a B story. Mm -hmm. Like, I forget. There's a real B story here because after Chakotay gets taken away, um, Neelix is in Janeway's quarters and he's rearranging stuff and he was saying you know when i first started doing this like i I thought i would be more valued but i don't feel valued because i guess he didn't get to go to some holodeck simulation thing and he just didn't feel like he was a part of things combat training right yeah the combat training so janeway says to him okay well you know noted we'll see what we can do next time we have one we'll invite you and he's like okay cool and now you're looking for a raise yeah (laughs) I was completely like tuned out that section of it because Neelix was involved because I don't remember this at all. See, Jenny, I did the same thing until I noticed like, hey, wait a minute. That smells like a bee story. Like, <laughs> like hold on. But does it go anywhere from there? Yes, it does. A little. A little. A little. There's so trying. much information in this episode out. It's... They try because as we're going through the whole crap with Chakotay and finding his ship and doing all the stuff and they talk to the Kazon and they do all this other stuff. Yeah. Then they split the party because Janeway and, um, and Tuvok and the young lady, what's her name? Yes. Yes. Kess go down to the surface. Yeah. They go down to that moon. And she tells um, your boy Neelix to stay on the on the bridge with Paris, who's gonna just in case any any ships come, any Kazon ships. You have an expertise of these things, so you stay here and help yeah. out. So while they're doing the stuff on the moon, the Kazon ship shows up, 
and he starts spouting something off the Kazon leader guy. Uh, we'll call him Doughboy for all intents and purposes because I forgot his name. Doughboy is all like, yeah, you're in our hood. And we're going to mess you up and stuff on our moon. And then Neelix kind of props up out of the chair and goes, well, I can tell you for a fact that blah, blah, blah. And just starts spouting off stuff. Like I sold some yeah. of these things and I know that this is an important space to you. And do you want to destroy your moon? Because that would be really hard things to get in this sector. So he proves his value there and he feels yeah. really he feels really good about himself <laughs> you know one but, of my notes is that i only deducted half a point this week because he was only half as annoying as i agree he was only half annoying and dennis you're making the, the motion but it's a b story like it's it's like kind of a b story they're finally figuring out how to do it dennis yeah, like oh, this really. is this is a baby step toward learning a real B story. The only thing you needed would be at the end of the episode where she's like, "Oh, Paris told me about what you did to the thanks for buying us some time." And then I think at that moment the whole B story could have been completed. But I mean, it's like a real B story. Yeah. So for yeah. one, th- I think so- you guys are giving a lot more credit than it deserves. Come on, Ben, that's a B they're, story. They're trying. They're trying. So I don't know. I'm just saying, if we're giving them guff about not doing B stories, and this is clearly like they might, it's like a tent pole. They might as well have arrows with like lights going to it. B story. You know, I gave them. We're learning Dork Trek. Yeah. (laughs) They did this for us. I gave them the benefit of the doubt on that one, Dennis. All right. Now, I I liked, so two things I note. One is during the opening. I hear the voice over the radio where the, the, the young Kazon is telling Chakotay to surrender. And I was like, man, that sounded like Nog. Mm-hmm. And then, then it's just like, oh, wait, no, it, it is Nog. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I was a little disappointed by that, that they were using Nog on this. Yeah, me But too. then the, uh, the other thing, though, is I noticed that it was directed by uh, our good boy, uh, Weinrich Colby. Oh, really? And I was like, ooh, maybe uh, the Kazon kid's going to lose a leg. This would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, though. I will say this. Nog looked pretty diesel in this episode. Like, he looked, he had some good definition in his arms. He looked like he'd been mm-hmm. working out. I was not disappointed to see him in this episode. I was yeah. actually kind of happy. I was like, oh, Nog's back. I mean, I it, think if I was watching this at the same time as DS9, I would be disappointed. Like, oh, it's the same guy in the other show. But yeah, now it's like, it's like seeing an old friend again just okay, with yeah. a different face prosthetic yeah. he's very he's very noggy like his the way he behaves and everything <laughs> like they didn't ask aaron eisenberg to do any special acting for this character just like just be nog basically you know mm-hmm. just be nog with a weird wig can yeah. you do that can you be do nog they just with not the- wash their hair Nog with a blowout. What is the stuff in their hair? Because they have like pieces of metal and like plastic in it and shit. Don't they have feathers? Are they feathers? I don't think I don't think they're feathers. They're dinosaurs. Everybody the dinosaurs. They just wove entire dinosaurs into their hair. Yeah. I mean well, the, you know, this is before dino nuggies, isn't it? So I don't think that was the big thing yet. Was was Jurassic Park out yet? Yes. Yeah, because well I saw out. that before I joined the Navy. So maybe mm-hmm. that was part of the big dinosaur trend. Mm-hmm. And I mean, well, they already the had like, the, they had the one planet where the people had feathers for hair, where Paris um, yeah. was, you know, hitting on that guy's wife. Yeah. 
So maybe that just got it stuck in my head that everybody has feathers in the. They look like it looks like a it looks like a fern in some of the photos that I've seen. It looks like they have a fern on their head. I just it looked like the homeless guy that's like over here at the park and town center. Like weird dreads, matted hair. It was just the matted, you know, it's it's the white guy that doesn't wash his hair for six months and then it Mm. just gets like all. But he's got a great broadcast voice. I will say that I do just think they're they're like Burning Man Klingons. Like that's mm-hmm. all they really are to yes. me. It's just yeah. like that's a good. We're gonna wear like desert looking clothes. We're not gonna wash our hair too much. You know, they're just kind of lame. And they try. I mean, you got to give them credit for trying, I guess. But mm-hmm. that was one of the things I remember thinking as I watched this episode. Yeah, like they're just fake Klingons, but at least they're not like light beings they're not abstract concepts of emotions that have turned into beings of some sort yes <laughs> like this is an actual enemy yeah so i'm um, that not a good enemy i don't no. i don't try hard enough as impressed as they are by voyager's technology they don't try hard enough to steal some you know yeah. like i guess seska stole some for one of the factions or something like mm-hmm. that but like if i were these guys and they're really in this you know gang war or whatever like they really should try to get their hands on some of this voyager technology well you just got a shuttlecraft you know and then, and then he uses it to escape i'm like i like, put some be, ground if, effects on it something if, if, if <laughs> that was if that was my ship and i was were the, in charge of the kazon chakotay would not have been able to escape on his shuttlecraft even if he escaped from his cell because that shuttlecraft would have been stripped for parts by now yeah Mm-hmm. I would have had everybody with any kind of technical acumen on that ship tearing the damn thing apart. Well, they like, have a chop shop, right? Yeah. It, you, they're a gang. So, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Well, you now, said they were gangs. I'm just trying. Oh, my God. I am just going with what the source material provided. Racist. Oh um, <laughs> I did write been... in my notes. I don't remember when this happened, but at some point, Neelix says those nefarious Kazon. And I was like, that sounded super so predators. <laughs> Don't really see them as super predators or nefarious. To me, they just come across as like kind of lazy. Well, that's why I thought Neelix sounded really racist the <laughs> way he said worse. it. He was just like, those those keys on. I don't mean it in a, a racist on the way I think Klingon. I mean <laughs> yes. it in like I mean it in like they just look kind of loungy. Like if there was a, a sandals in they space, just hang out they on the would, corner all day. They, they don't go no, into the job. No, I'm saying they would work at sandals in space. Like that's their like they play the steel drums and like stuff like that. Like that's what they do. They look very beachy. Their their attire is very beachy. They have they, the sleeveless. Yeah, they're they're beachy, but they don't have the the marijuana to mellow them out. Yeah, so they're they're on edge all the time. Yeah, they're so on meth. They just look very yeah. beachy to me. Like that's what I see the K's on. I just think like vacation. I'm on their eye range. <laughs> it's like yeah, I don't know. They're just not good. They're just not effective as bad guys. I don't know why they're just not. They don't they don't seem like they pose any real threat. And I think that's no. why like a lot of the when when uh, Voyager first came on in um, you know broadcast like. Mm-hmm none of the aliens really appealed to me like to make me want to watch the show like i saw i saw these guys i remember seeing them and being like who are these fucking guys they stupid yeah i think i made the 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 knockoff klingon connection and then just completely lost interest i mean yeah. but the the fades are cool <sighs> 
they you know they've messed up too many snacks and dinners for me <laughs> where i'm like oh i'm gonna watch star trek sit down you know got a slice of uh, new york style pizza got some ranch dressing got got my soda i'm gonna be eating and oh the phage oh oh god i think his nose just fell off yeah. i like the phage but they don't they don't follow through on their thread enough for me either yeah like more people should be getting chopped up when the when those guys show up the the vidians or whatever but do you think Vidians, that's yeah. part of the problem with voyager is that and that's why they just went back to the borg because they didn't have any like real good there's there's no consequences guys. Voyager mm -hmm. doesn't have consequences because it's episodic and everything has to reset by the end of the episode. So they never ran out of photon torpedoes. You know, we were worried that we would, and then suddenly we're not worried anymore. We have all the, oh, we got to worry about running out of power, but we don't really worry about it too much. They have plenty for holodeck programs, whatever the fuck they want. Right. You know, it's like, oh no, the phage, they'll chop us up and kill us. And they're not going to. You lose how many people? Maybe two or three over seven years. It's just like the number of people that died on the show equals not enough. <laughs> no, you're right. You I know, mean, they could have solved the problem by recruiting people from the Delta Quadrant to join their crew. You know, like, mm -hmm. like Neelix and Kess came along for the ride. I'm sure other pe people after that would have, well, they would have met to come along and join the crew and they could have died i feel like they've thrown the offer out a couple times we've seen mm -hmm. it happen twice in the first two episodes like nah man you guys are whack yeah like I'd yeah, rather... what was it like just a couple episodes ago they found that planet um and they like i guess they some people actually stayed or something like that yeah. like it was the alternate earth basically well, yeah, yeah nobody stayed but the 37 stage. that would have been a great opportunity i think we talked about you weren't here jenny but like if um what's her name amelia Earhart had stayed with the crew for a couple episodes it would have been pretty cool mm -hmm. or just some of the people that yeah. unfro unfrozen caveman people i great. think the the farmer would have been a good addition to the crew they need food and he he, he knows how to grow food yeah. i mean he's an alfalfa farmer so i don't know how useful that would be but have him, you know, teaching Neelix and, and running the hydroponics lab. Yeah, and that way he wouldn't have to be a, a regular character. He, we just have this old 1937 uh, farm dude down in the hydroponics bay. Grow, you know, growing up some, some alfalfa this week, you know, and just like, oh, my God, there's a farmer. Yeah, so, but the, the likelihood of something like that happening in 1995 on Voyager is slim to none because they have their seven cast members and that's it. They're, you know, all seven of those people are going to make it through every episode, no matter what kind of peril they're in. They're going to be in every episode. So it's just kind of it takes some of the dramatics out of it. Yeah. And but it I mean, all resets like, by the end. Yeah. The original series was kind of the same way, but I don't look at it the same. I don't feel the same way about the original series as Voyager. But like, I think you know that Bones wasn't going to die. Spock's not going to die. I give Star Trek too much of a pass sometimes, I think. The original series. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, just because of the nostalgia factor, because I was too dumb to know that when I was like first started watching it when I was five. But by the time I was a teenager, I knew those. Like, if I watch an episode of Gunsmoke or I watch an episode of Bonanza, I know little Joe's going to be fine by the end of the episode of Bonanza. 
There's, you know, <laughs> there's no tension. But in he, the 60s, people maybe didn't know that Spock was going to get his brain back. No, that was the thing. <laughs> no, because Happy Days in the 70s made fun of it. Like they made, they made the exact example I just gave with uh, the guns, uh, with, uh, what is it, Bonanza, where little Joe's falling in love and, and Marion's all upset because she's like, I don't want to, I don't want to watch it. I, I, something will happen. Something always happens to the girl if they fall in love. I don't want to, I don't want to get it invested in this character. And Howard, no, it looks like this might be serious this time. I mean, this looks like this is the real deal. She might, they might get married. See, he proposed to her. I, I know I mentioned it before, but there's the podcast Bananas for Bonanza with uh, Andy Daly and um, Maria Bamford. I did not. And uh, and uh, Matt Gorley. And just broke they ben. they really they do it in character too, but it's um they do point out pretty early on that all any woman that shows up on Bonanza immediately dies. <laughs> I, often, I think, often in a gruesome manner. <laughs> I think we all get that from uh, that Happy Days episode. Yeah. Because once they pointed that out and you're just like, oh my God, that that's a thing. Yeah. And then you realize the main characters will never die and the status quo will never change. Now, two questions. Um, is it different on the original series because the main cast was just kind of the three and it seemed like the rest of them kind of rotated out a lot? Um, well, and a lot of red shirts died too. Yeah, a lot so of red shirts There was died. always somebody dying, you know? But I mean, Sulu's not in every episode. I mean, no. um, um, Uhura isn't in every episode. I mean, the, the, pretty much she's, yeah, she's but I more mean, than, than, than Sulu. But, but my point being, it's not like they were as involved as the rest of the bridge crew are as we move mm -hmm. along in Star Trek. I think, I think one thing that the original series did well was they brought in the the crewman of the week, like mm -hmm. who was a specialist in yeah. some weird thing. And then the story was kind of built around them. And at, by the end of the episode, they were they would either die or leave the enterprise for to live with Khan on some planet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if you don't die, leave for some reason, yeah. like Bailey, when he went to live with uh, Ron Howard's little brother. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, the different uh, Clint Howard, Clinton, that's I, yeah. the guy's been on every version of Star Trek. I still I have the, um, the beam when they were beaming over to his ship because mm -hmm. they scanned it and realized that it was pretty short. And so they're all standing on the transporter pad, like with their hands on their knees bent over. Yeah. <laughs> I have that as my Twitter uh, uh, banner. Oh my God. It's fantastic. I don't know. Like Pretty I didn't have the nostalgia factor for the original series, but I just, I feel like something's different about it. I can't. I can't work. It's campy. Like Voyager isn't really campy. Like maybe if they that's were campy, then maybe it would have they could have gotten away with some of this stuff. Well, it takes itself too seriously. Yeah. Trek mm -hmm. as we move along. Now, my second question would be when did shows start killing off characters? Like what was what was that? Was it Sopranos? Was Sopranos the first one to start icing people on a regular basis? Like when mm -hmm. did when did main characters start dying? Because I don't count Tasha Yar. Because yeah, that was kind you, of yeah. a surprise, but that was just like a one-off. That was just a, you had a, you were early in the first season, there was a mistake in casting her to begin with, and you made room for Worf. 
That, that would be a good show title. Make room for Worf. <laughs> but when Godzilla, did, I'm home with honor. When did TV shows start ice and main characters? Was it Sopranos? Because uh, a lot of times in TV shows, people would die, but then they would come back in some other form. Like a ghost? Or like in a flashback, at like, least, oh, or something. Oh, it's my brother. You know? Well, yes, yeah, soap operas were doing that shit all the time. They were they were as bad as Marvel and that DC was bringing people down, bringing people back. So that I don't wouldn't count that. Yeah, but when in like but, in Buffy, like somebody died, but then they came back as a vampire or a zombie or something like that. Well, didn't Angel, when even though he was a vampire, like he died and went to hell or something, but then he came back with his own series. I just I just Googled it. Um, Fifteen TV shows that loved killing off main characters. Uh-huh. Uh, here, twenty four. Mm-hmm. Um, ER. But see, twenty four. Like people died. Like the Hispanic guy. I can't remember his name, but he died in an early season, then came back later as a bad guy. He faked <laughs> his death. <laughs> um, Dexter is one of them. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is on here, Dennis. Yes, House of Cards, The One Hundred. I've never seen that. Grey's Anatomy. Um, I don't even know what show that. But is. all of these are new. The yeah, Wire. all these are newer than. Yeah, The Wire, What's... Prison Break, Lost, Fargo, Fargo. It's Fargo doesn't count because it's a, it's 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 an anthology series that just shares a name. Yeah. Um, yeah, but what was what? So, what's the oldest show on that list? Do you think? The, maybe the wire the 20, wires 24 see i have a hard i didn't watch either of those so i have a hard time putting it in uh but who is the main character that died in the wire i don't know i'm just telling you the list dennis you don't it's kill the really, messenger bro. No, i'm just i'm just like saying like there's not really like uh omar i mean well but i mean Spoilers. it's like towards the end of the series i don't know the one cop gets shot but she doesn't die six feet under they killed off some people yeah one thing is um so in the shield uh in the very first episode uh, i think his name's reed diamond yeah when they shoot yeah like if that guy's in a show he's eventually gonna catch a bullet in the head because i was watching uh the shield when my son was born and at the same time agents of shield was on and he was on that show and there was another show that he was on that i i started watching and in all three shows like within a week of me watching the episodes he got shot in the head he was That's on 24 awesome. in 24 and he got shot in the head did he have a shield in 24 just to carry the thing okay yeah. so you're saying he's the sean bean of television yeah like he he exists <laughs> to get shot in the head all right. all right i was a little disappointed in the martian that sean bean survived well he's got to live every once in a while just, you know what i just started he eventually watching? died of old age yeah he did okay he's on mars do you know what i started watching recently that i thought was pretty neat i ha- you know what i have uh, um i'm of duality with the show uh, is dirk gently i started watching that did you see that okay. jenny yes i liked the first episode but then i feel bad because it's max landis and he's a shithead so it's like one of these weird kind of he kind of revealed himself to be a shithead like right after that show had come out and i think mm-hmm. after it had gotten canceled maybe that was why it got canceled <laughs> i don't know but i had already enjoyed it and was there was a like, season okay, two cool. jenny yeah there was yeah is we watched that mm-hmm. is elijah wood in season two i think so yeah he's really cute i didn't realize how cute he was because i just think of him as frodo all the time he's adorable mm-hmm. frodo's adorable too 
in a weird carry feet kind of way, but like Elijah Wood is Elijah Wood is handsome in like a handsome kind of like just cute boy kind of way. Yeah. There was a meme going around, I don't know if you saw it, where somebody wanted to get Elijah Wood to be like play a character. You know how like uh was it uh the the gay guy from How I Met Your Mom? Uh uh yes. Barney. Neil Patrick Harris. Neil yes. Patrick Harris. How he did a caricature of himself and Howard and Kumar and how Shatner pretty much whenever he does, he appears as himself. Howard Stern character. Kumar? I think I think it's Harold and Kumar. Yeah. <laughs> I don't watch television. If it's not Star Trek, what the fuck am I watching? Doctor Who? Sure. So anyway, they want the, the, the proposal was to have Daniel Radcliffe as the bad guy, but have, you know, like the character be Daniel Radcliffe, but have him played by Elijah Wood. <laughs> wow. Right? So it's Elijah Wood as Daniel Radcliffe, and then somebody went on top of that and was like, no, no, but then you have to have his henchman be Elijah Wood and have him played by Daniel Radcliffe. There you go. That'd be fun. I could see And then that. You, you get the two hobbity cute boys of the early 2000s to, you know, mess with your fandom. A forever young Rat Pack. Yes. Jesus. <laughs> and then you could have uh, the Rod Stewart Forever Young song playing as the theme song for the show. <laughs> We just wrote a bestseller right here. Right there. Boom. Boom. Writing ain't hard. It's not. You just have to do it, and that's the hard part. Then the Kazon show up. Yeah. Every <laughs> once in a while. But which one? The Kazon Ugla? They come yeah, off their sure. beach and they're like, Irie man, bomba class, blood clot. Because <laughs> they just suck. They're just so bad. They're so bad. And I, at least they try, but man, it's just a, it's a swing and a miss. Yeah. Yeah. They create this huge, like, uh, cultural representation of the Kazon that I just feel lost by it because like the Voyager, I think I mentioned it before, like the Voyager crew is like, oh yeah, there's so many different factions of these people, the blah, 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 or the blah, 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 the Oogla or the whatever, Nistrum or whatever. And it's just like, where do you guys come up with this stuff? Because it didn't happen organically in the show. You yeah. Know? yeah. This is all stuff that happened between episodes that we weren't filled in on. Yeah. And it feels so like ham-fisted just tell us all these different things like i don't care well it's it's like in this episode when they're the the there's the escape and then you know the the firefight and then meanwhile you know voyager finally notices that choke chakotay's not where he should be so they're tracking him down and it felt so time compressed like it was like is is this in order or you know shouldn't they are they like right there when this is happening or I was getting lost with that. And it's just like, are you, are you cutting stuff out? And it just, I don't know. And then it started thinking, well, it started to be thinking like, it's like that for, I don't know, the whole series to a degree that like you guys are saying, there's stuff that happens between episodes that we're just expected to know. And it's just like, yeah. how? I mean, you can't reference having, that stuff. Yeah. We're having trouble keeping up with it and we're binging it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we're seeing it pretty much every week where if maybe this is that's a team... the thing though maybe they're expecting people will be like i don't remember that maybe maybe i just forgot from last week maybe it's, it was it's, it was like two months a, ago this will be yeah. from last year though like, yeah this is the See? second episode of the second season like how are we supposed they to are know trying what to fool last us. year yeah 
I remember that, yeah, there were some fake-ass Klingons on the show. What were they called? The, the Karzon? The Kazon? Like, what's the difference between them? Do they just use different names? Do they have different I don't clothes know. or what? That's a good like, question. I have no idea. Yeah, they just all just have Klingon foreheads. Yeah, it's... it's... And feathers slash matted air. But I think Star Trek has always kind of been that way to some extent. Like they're just going to spoon feed you information that you just kind of have to take. Like, well, these Maybe are the, these are the Kazon Ula as opposed to the other ones that we met before. And it's like, okay, cool. These are a different kind of Kazons apparently. That look and act exactly the same. Yeah, that's the that's the part that I don't really get about it. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna take the time to rename them and 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 kind of say that they're factionized at least do stuff to make them different like yeah. give them give them different clothes give them different ships give them different... i was gonna say yeah easiest thing yeah colored tunics yeah or one group least... wears mustard one group wears blue have a have a consistent protagonist you know like when with the ferengi they had daemon bach who would always show up and cause trouble and you're like okay we know we know the Ferengi through this guy and like what he does, you know, mm-hmm. or like with Tomalak for the Romulans, you know, yeah. like all these things. Like there was there was kind of one person that was the standard bearer for how these aliens would would you know behave, but with the the Kazon, it's like uh, who knows. And the cool part about what you're mentioning, Dennis, is they could always, if they couldn't get that actor to be on the show this week, they could just reference him and they can go, oh, the Grand Nagus sent me. And you go, oh, okay, I know who that guy is. So then I know who you are through association, Right. you know? Um, so like yeah, it's, it's, you know, yeah, like there's yeah. always, there's always one. Like figurehead, if you will. Yeah. yeah. That kind of is the standard bearer. And yeah, sure. There's going to be some iterations off of that that behave differently, but you kind of know what their society is all about. Well, how big are these these tribal areas, though? That we're still we're every a, day, Ben. We're a year into this, and we're still dealing with them. Because I could see, hey, I don't have time to build a big bad because we're traveling as fast as possible back toward home. But what was it? Just a, a little while ago, we finally made it to Neelix's home planet. Didn't stop, just, you know, stopped by. Yeah. I, I don't you know, buy this whole, we're trying to make it home as fast as possible. When they're, they're just they go they're circles. five light years away from the ship to go pray for a little bit. See, but I like the idea of them having different offsets and sex in different territories because it makes sense with the idea that they're moving through space. So and it, it kind of shows a way of movement but i think you just have to do a better job differentiating between these different groups that's all i just think it it would be better if i don't know it just seems like this whole area of space all of the these little little planets with you know big problems have a lot of territory and everybody's heard of everybody else yeah like i get you know neelix has been a vagabond but for how long you know, I mean, because his, his range of understanding is, is, you know. Yeah, it doesn't feel like they've gone very far in a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, even if they're not, you know, say they're just averaging warp six, that that's still some uh, pretty good territory after a year. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't know. If Deep Space I, Nine was the frontier of the Federation, and it take how long does it take to get from Earth to Deep Space Nine? You know, huh. like, I, and and things are so different 
at that point than it is in the you know core worlds of the federation and that's another thing too it's like everything you are so far out and all this stuff but everything just seems so similar yeah yeah the Vidians are still there the kazon are still there it's like because i could see though if the Vidians were like down here in the quadrant and then the kazon were like here and and so maybe we're getting the front end of the Vidians and the back end of the Kazon, so there would be some overlap as we went through that area. That's like a I, Delta Quadrant centipede you just described. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're, I get what you're saying. I'm, I knew this was I'm sexy. Out. I just <laughs> just trying to picture it. Vidians in the front, Kazons in the rear. I will say, I mean, even with all that, um, I like there are aspects of the show that I enjoy. Like, I like the idea that they're sending this kid out for his first kill and he's going to do his his thing and earn his name. I thought that was cool. I like the parallels they were drawing between them and the Federation and, you know, the uniform and Fredo kiss. Yeah, it's yeah, that was cool. It's like there were some cool things about the show. There were some things I didn't really get and like so much because, again, you have Chakotay, who is a Maquis leader, who's just like waving the flag for the Federation. It didn't really make a lot of sense to me. He's like, this is my uniform and I have to study science and all this stuff. And by the way, there was a pretty big part of my life where I just gave all that shit up because I was like, fuck <laughs> these dudes. But you don't know any of that. I'm going to leave that part out. But yeah, for it's, the it's uniform. for the uniform. It's the uniform and it's great and it's awesome. But it's like until they you know betray your planet for the for a peace yeah. treaty and, like, and whoever I, wrote this episode like maybe fully didn't get the character and get the full backstory of where the character had been and what they were doing what's really it's important like, is he's okay. he's native american and he needs to go pray that's yes. the important characteristic of him yeah. yes and it needs to be several light years away because we need to get somebody off the ship to be taken by that's him. more important he's, than him being a maquis and what the potential complexities of that relationship could be who cares that's not important because mm-hmm. that He's would have been Native American. That would have been interesting, but that would have been interesting for him to go into. Like, I understand the the complexities of trying to be in a group like this because at one point I was in the feder in the Federation, but I left because I wasn't happy. But then I found myself wanting to return to their X Y Z. Like, well, no, I found myself wanting to return home, and they were the only ride in town. Yeah, right. Yeah, but it's just it's it's I don't know, man. Like. There were some parts of it that I thought were were lacking. I feel like this is a make good episode for Chakotay because he didn't do shit in the first season. It's mm-hmm. like, man, we really got to do something with this guy. So he's here. He's drawing a check. Let's put him in an episode. I don't know which direction that went, whether it was like, you know, Beltrain going, hey, I need some more to do. Give me an episode. Or if it was somebody in the production staff went, how much are we paying him? <laughs> well, what, what's he done? Hey, hey, Rob, come here. I mean, just we need an episode. We, I'm sorry. We, we need you to do some Native American shit, and we need you to. You, you got to be center man. I mean, because come on, Thanksgiving's coming up. This will be a great Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite memories of this show at this point is just where Chakotay checks out completely when he's talking to Jayway and she's like, come on, fucking do it. And he's like, oh yeah, sorry. That's not acting. Like he really just checked out and they <laughs> yes. just left it in. Yes. Like I'm all like, I'm always going to remember that for this show in my highlight reel for Voyager. That will be one of the clips when they're playing. I will remember <laughs> you. It'll be Chakotay, Chakotay. Oh, sorry. 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 I was, 
I was thinking about lunch. <laughs> Is it lunch? Are, are, are we are we cut yet? Are, are we still fine? Oh shit! You guys are still rolling. I'm sorry. Yeah. My bad. But I mean, I feel like this is a make good. Like, okay, you got to do something because he's very much neutered in the first season. He doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. It's funny you use that word actually, because like I was kind of thinking that, like, the whole show kind of generally feels neutered to me. Like, it just kind of, it just doesn't have any peaks and valleys for the most part. This like this entire show. It's very like, just yes. Yeah. Just we're just cruising, just cruising. That's all we're doing. We're just making a show. You know what's weird about the Voyager crew? Like most other crews that I can think of, they at least have somebody who wants to, who gets you know excited about meeting new cultures and wanting to learn more about them. Like nobody really seems that way on the Voyager crew. They're like oh, this technology might help get us home or this, you know, element that we found might do it, but they don't really give a shit about other people's cultures. I feel like Janeway does, she, but she's just like a nerd. She's just kind of like, really. she's just into like learning about all kinds of random shit, yeah. which is one of the things I like about her. But I don't know that she cares a whole lot. I think she just is kind of interested to like... Well- like Picard like would try to make a touchstone with like, oh, okay, I understand your culture. It's very similar to my own. We do this thing yeah. in our culture. And he kind of builds bridges that way. But like, she doesn't really seem like she's kind of like, oh, you're hedonists. That's cool. Well, the whole point yeah. of this though is the whole point of them is to get home. That's that's the whole purpose though. Is like, I understand. But like nobody, the, nobody on the crew is really interested in learning more about well, the quadrant. Well, if, if you think about, if you think about star trek the original trek was they're on a voyage they're explorers they're exploring they're doing this to go where no man has gone before so they have to learn about the other cultures mm-hmm. you know tng was more like a pleasure cruise through space on you know the the biggest luxury ship the world has ever seen and known we're going to meet people that way they're going to come on Picard's a diplomat he's very cultured he's going to he's going to be a negotiator between people so he's going to have to learn stuff like that the whole point of this show is just to get home yeah so like it kind of sets still it up feels like, like okay harry kim why did you join starfleet because you wanted to explore right kind of like leave home put the clarinet just, away for you, a little you missed you missed a very important episode he joined starfleet because he needed college money <laughs> he's for the gi bill he, he got he tricked in- by a recruiter yeah, he came in for the college, and then it's just like they said. I I do four years at the academy and get I'd have to do two years of service, and then two years in the reserve, and, and I can then be I a could, vet. Then I could be out, and I just I wanted to be a clarinet player with this uh, klezmer the band. Starfleet band. Mm-hmm. So it's just and and then the accident. He's like, I should be out by like <laughs> season into season two. Yeah. He would have been back. He'd been in the reserve, mostly civilian. He'd be playing jazz. He just uh, stops wearing his uniform one day. He's like, my commitment's up. Like, I signed the paperwork. I'm not realistic. <laughs> I, 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 I'm at my EAOS. I'm sorry. I do not see a, uh, a stopgap message. So I, I'm done. But I think if if the idea of the what show... What are you going to do? Throw me in the brig? <laughs> yeah, right. I think... I'm just not working. I think the idea of the show is for them to get home and having that hope. It would be interesting to see like, hey, you've got no chance to get home. Kind of like what they did with Discovery. And like 
see what's happening. Make your way out here. Do something like this is your fate. Deal with it. And then I think you would have more of that. Let's learn about the people. Let's learn about the culture. Let's build bridges. It's, it's kind of like saying if you're on the highway and you're going from Virginia to Florida, you're not going to stop in a gas station and talk to the guy. So tell me gas station attendant. What's it like growing up around here? Like, do you, do, where'd you go to high school? Like, Oh, how many people like you don't give a fuck. Cause you just want to get uh, where you're going. But you also this wouldn't stop Starfleet. and let somebody drive two miles in the other direction so they can go pray. No, <laughs> you know? I wouldn't. <laughs> See, but the thing is though, if, if you're driving cross country, there are those times when you're like, Oh, look kids world's biggest ball of string on this next exit let's check that out i mean oh look there's a crystal burgers let's let's check that out i mean stuckies you you add a couple hours to the trip you know by making these little stops but they're stopping at like every yes every roadside stand every farmer's market driving to florida (laughs) versus you know driving to another planet so they're they're on a 75-year mission now, is what they expect. At maximum warp, it's going to take 70 years to get home. So they're going to be dead. So it's just like Tuvok's the only one making it back. Who cares? Let's, you know, Maybe the blue guy. I don't know yeah. how long the blue guy people live. Oh, the Bolians? The Bolians. How long do they the live? The blue guy people. The blue guy the blue people. Man group. Yeah, the blue you man group. And they're bald, so you can't tell how old they are. That, you know, if, if you're either prematurely gray or you're bald, you're anywhere from 25 to 70. Who knows? I'm just saying, oh, like, from all the Star Trek I've seen, there's a Star Starfleet ethos where mm-hmm. they find people in trouble and they try to help them, you know? Mm-hmm. And this crew has no interest in doing that whatsoever. And it would seem like, you know, that's something that would have been ingrained into them through their training and experiences on other shit. Like, it's not like this isn't all of their first ships, you know? Like they right. had to have done some yeah. missions where they made first contact or where they tried to negotiate peace between warring people on a planet or something, you know? No, I mean, I don't think so because I think up until now, all the primary series people have been people who did that stuff, the frontline people, the, the first contact people. But Starfleet is a big organization. And remember, they left before the Dominion War. So there was that long time where Starfleet was just kind of getting fat, dumb, and lazy. And we started making Marriott ships, where it's just like their whole thing was like, yeah, I was a crewman on the Yorktown. It's like, oh, what did you do? Oh, we ferried supplies and patrolled this peaceful zone. And we we, uh, picked up a couple of ambassadors this one time. Like we see... Even though we joke about, oh, that would have, you know, they're like on TNG, whenever they talk about the Romulan thing happening, but we'd never see it. And we're always joking that, oh, that would have been the better episode. But for the most part, most of Starfleet ships and crews, we don't see them because that's the boring shit. Like, not everybody's at the Battle of the Coral Sea. Some people are patrolling off, you know, uh, fucking New Jersey's coastline. It's just like, yep. If, if, if yeah. the Germans show up, we're ready. And they like, never do. You know, in other Star Star Trek shows, they try to find ways around the Prime Directive or like to massage the Prime Directive. In this show, they're like, how can we use the Prime Directive to not get involved in every instance mm. possible? You know? yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, Let's make this story more boring by actually following the Prime Directive. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I think part of it is also kind of like we what take their technology without them knowing. I don't know. Let's try. <laughs> I think my frustration is that they're not consistent with it, though. Like some show, some episodes, it's oh, we we can't get involved because we're trying to go home. And then suddenly other episodes, it's like, oh, we're going to go balls deep into this culture and fuck with it because yeah. of some minor reason. And so there's not that consistency. It's like, are you trying to get home at all costs? Or are you trying to get home? <clears throat> the, you know, the mission was the journey all along. Yeah. Because if, if they're just trying to get home as quickly as pop, possible, they're not You're taking a wrong. detour to save Neelix. Yeah. There's not even a crew member who nobody cares about anyway. Yeah. But again, I think there were some, but I mean, watching this episode, I didn't hate it. Like I didn't, like I watched it and I thought like, if I'm being honest, this episode's like a six, like it's okay. Like It, it, it entertained me and moved the story along. I was fine with it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I guess a five and a half I'd give it. Like it was just, a, it was an episode. Like it wasn't egregiously terrible. It wasn't great. It was just like, oh, cool. I'll I'll turn off my brain and watch this for forty five minutes. Yeah. I one hundred percent agree with that. They dodged one of our complaints from first season, which was I enjoyed that it, toward the end when you know Chakotay's you know they finally get in touch with the landing party and stuff, and he calls back to the ship and he's like, hey, prepare for a code white, and it's just like you know they're gonna he's basically setting the kid up so he can shoot Chakotay. Which is cool. He's like, yeah, kill me. And, you know, they can beam me back up to the ship and uh, bring me back. It'll be fine. And then they don't do that. Yeah. Because, you know, and I think that was a neat thing that they've set up first season that, yeah, dead ain't exactly dead. And now it's just like, hey, you know, let's, you know, let's use that as a way to get out of the situation. And then they end up not doing it. They go yeah. in a different direction. I did, but I did like the idea that ch- that's what Chakotay was willing to to risk for this kid and his his because he now he didn't kill the guy, so now he he won't ever have a name and he'll just be a loser and yada yada yada. But the fact that Chakotay is like, yeah, I'll give that to you. I thought that was a cool little little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No. It was it wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was just okay. Yep. Although, you know, um, the note I had, though, because when it looked like that was going to be the plan, but before we found out it was a ruse, my note was, does everybody on this show eventually die and come back? Yes. The fuck is this Marvel Comics? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just like, like Dallas. We, we've like every character gets to die at least once in the first few seasons. Yeah. But I wonder I if I this. Know, I know I sounded down on it, but I give it a five point five as well. Yeah. Like okay. it, it was serviceable, I guess. But it, uh, just like the overall malaise of the series is kind of getting to me. But I think that's the yeah, that's going to be the overall tenor of the show. It's just going to be like it's just a show. Like I don't, I don't understand <laughs> how people, and I don't mean this in a negative way. But when you meet y'all, my favorite, my favorite series is Voyager. It's like how, like yeah, I can see if you were a kid. Maybe, you know, if this was your entry point into Star Trek. If you're a um, kid, aren't you bored to tears by now? I don't know. I don't, like, I don't know. Like, how would we react to it if we were kids and this was the first Star Trek that we saw? 
Like maybe we would love it. I don't know. There are people out there who do. They're younger than me. So I was in my. Is there something we love that's really shitty? No. (laughs) That was, you know, out when we were kids. I know. I know there's a lot of stuff that we loved as kids. Yeah. Okay. So perfect example of that is Land of the Lost. When I was a little kid and that was on first run, I loved Land of the Lost, right? The the CBS Saturday morning show, right? Live action, lots of blue screen. Yeah. But when I was a kid, I loved that show. Never missed it, right? The whole time it was running. Well, then I guess, it was before I joined the Navy, but I I was in my early 20s, CBS started playing them. Like, not like a new version just oh we're gonna we didn't have anything for late saturday morning when there's no you know the viewership is down so you don't want to waste anything on it with start rerunning that so now i watched it with adult eyes and i'm like what the the, what the hell is this vulture you know i was like oh i love that and then you went to watch it and you're just like the fuck was i watching was i hive when i was seven yeah no voltron voltron's the same way like i remember voltron popped up on adult swim at like four o'clock in the morning in the late like 2000 and like aunts i guess is what they call is that what they call them the aughts yeah the aughts and i started the kids show is different though i started dvring it Mm -hmm. and it was just man the same fucking show every week but yes i think a kid show is different but it's It's like transformers is pretty bad yeah but but i don't i just I don't know. Maybe we're being too cynical because we came What's off. weird, though, is this is the show is on the same time as DS9, which I can understand, like, kids not liking DS9 because it's, you know, more dark and there's not, like, really goofy characters like Neelix to latch on to. Mm-hmm. But w- when did TNG start rerunning? Like, on TNN or whatever, you know? Like, I would think, like, if you're watching Voyager and then you hear, oh, there's another show that's on reruns that I've never seen before. Let me check out an episode of TNG. I would mm-hmm. think, oh, well, TNG is much better than Voyager. Well, see, I've seen, though, fans. I've, I've had conversations with these people who are, I guess, maybe closer to you guys' age, maybe a little younger, who Voyager was their first Star Trek. And they are big Voyager fans. They're rare, but they're out there. Where they're, you know, no, they they I don't love think it's the that stories. Rare. That... There's a lot of Voyager. It fans seems like there's a lot of Voyager fans. Maybe it's wishful thinking on my part that I'm hoping they're rare. But doesn't this but... feel like? Doesn't this feel like a natural, a natural progression almost of the TNG Star Trek universe, where Deep Space Nine is kind of like an outlier. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Where it's like it's just kind of Miranding along, just kind of moving along on a nice pace, and then you get to Deep Space Nine, and that just throws a monkey wrench in everything. And then people go, "Wow, this is what Star Trek could be." And then you come back, and you're just like, "But it's not. It's just it's this alien of the week, you know, light being of the week. We're gonna, you know, I don't know. entity of the week." Yeah. I don't know, like, if you compare this even to the last season of TNG, I feel like it's it's just kind of a letdown compared to that. You know, the last this... season, TNG had Rape Ghost. <laughs> I mean, you're making my point, Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, take the first season of Voyager is like eighth season of TNG. Yeah. You know, that's that's the time that 
So if, if we had watched this all in order, we would have been going every other week between DS9 and TNG, DS9, TNG for like the first two seasons of TNG, I mean, of uh, DS9. And then around third season of DS9, suddenly Voyager is right. the thing that we're flipping between. So you're telling me season four of DS9 is lined up against season two of Voyager? Two or three, I think, yeah. Because yeah. season four of DS9 is when it fucking gets insane. Like, yeah, it's right. gone show up and like all kinds of cool stuff happens. That makes yeah. sense, though. People say it's not as good as Voyager. But that makes people, sense. People didn't watch it. But that makes sense, though, because then all of the attention would be on Voyager. We have to make this thing work. We have to make this thing run. It's got to be great. It's on a network. And then Deep Space Nine can go, nobody's fucking paying attention to what we're doing. And that's when it got good. Let's mm-hmm. just do whatever we want. So I think Deep Space Nine is just an outlier. It's its its, its own separate entity of programming. Right. It's, it's what happens when the executives aren't involved. Right. <laughs> and you get to make the best trick. I mean, I saw somebody having this conversation the other day. And it's what I've said for years now is that Star Trek and Star Wars were at their best when you got Roddenberry and Lucas away from the, the controls. The less control they have about it, the better some of these things were. I mean, you could say that. I, I just did. <laughs> then, but, then, but then look at J.J. Abrams' Star Wars where they fully admitted they didn't have a plan going into a trilogy of motion pictures that they were going to spend $200 million on to make. But the the animated Star Wars are pretty yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And I don't know. Stuff. I don't know. It's just one of those things, man, where I don't know. I guess this is just going to be, this is just going to be it, kind of. I like how we have this conversation every episode that we record. Yeah, well, we're waiting for it to hit, you know? It's, it's like, like you're listening group. to a song that everybody told you is great, and then you're just kind of waiting for the drums to kick in in uh, uh, the Genesis song. I, I can't remember the name well, of it. Well, Colin's Air at Night, yeah. Yeah, Air at Night. <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe the drums don't kick in. Maybe it's just... yeah. It's just Phil Collins singing kind of mellow and I remember. it's just a smooth and easy ride like there's i mean i guess there's gonna be, well, episodes. be fine i guess but like this isn't even a smooth and easy ride <laughs> there maybe we just have to temper our expectations you know? i tried i mean i feel like i'm enjoying it better because i tempered my expectations <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like i enjoyed like this episode this week i was like it's pretty good like, yeah. I, it was good it wasn't a dumpster fire no, and it wasn't at all. Like there were some good aspects of it. Like this is this is fine. So was that what you were doing, Bob, for like the last two seasons of DS9? Whenever you would talk about how much we're dreading uh, Voyager and how bad it's going to be, it got everybody's expectations so low, and Maybe. we were just like, "Oh my god, this is going to suck." I mean, that's so what I was doing. But now that's, that we're that's here, that's my strategy in life in general. <laughs> <laughs> set my expectations low and then you you might be pleasantly surprised true that's a good way to <laughs> I, live. i've always lived by the philosophy expect the absolute worst when it doesn't happen you have something to be happy about yeah so maybe i should apply that to voyager now yes i you know what since discovery i'll go ahead and say since the lead up to discovery and then the actuation of discovery my philosophy and attitude toward fandom has completely changed. Where 
I just, it's just like, Hey man, it's, it's, it's a show. Enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Don't, don't get so fucking. Cause this, I was, I was pretty this livid. McCormick? This is not the Ben McCormick. I know. I think this is mirror universe. Ben. Nine years ago. Does he have a goatee? I did nine years ago. Now that I think back, didn't I? I didn't do the beard back then. But uh, I didn't know because I was so hot going into Discovery with the, the things that were happening behind the scenes. And that, I think, finally burned me out. And I got, I really had a good look in the mirror. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's not worth that kind of negative in your life. And I look at how toxic the fandoms are. And I don't want to be part of that. I don't want to. Be, I don't want to be the gatekeeper. If Discovery's the first Star Trek you see and, and you cool. like it, welcome to the franchise. If Jar Jar Abrams' Trek is the first Trek you see, <laughs> I'm sorry, but if you like it, hey, you, you. At this point in life, if you can find one thing that makes you happy, fucking enjoy it. There you go. As long and as it's not grew three sizes that day. You know, as long as it's not beating me up. I'm <laughs> that <sighs> all right. I guess I guess that's the best way to go look at it, right? Just hey man, enjoy whatever it is you're enjoying. Find your happy place. Yeah. All so right. like this I gave this episode a six. Okay. I mean, because this is like it didn't give me cancer. Enjoy it. <laughs> all right. There you go. You don't know that. <laughs> Do you give it a 5.5, Jenny? Yeah, 5.5. I think we're all at 5.5, except Ben, who's at a 6. Yeah, and I would have gave it a 6.5, but my uh, rule for removing a point for uh, Neelix only took a half point back. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, there you go, everybody. That's the episode. Um, We had a good time reviewing it. We hope you enjoyed listening to it. Uh, Go to patreon.com if you like it that much. Hey, sign up for the Patreon. we got all kinds of stuff over there. There's video. There's exclusive content. It's a pretty neat little place. Um, So you guys can do that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Summer's a weird time. We're trying to get in the episodes as much as we can, as often as we can, but schedules get a little busy. But we're going to try to keep going every week, so we'll see where we are. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week. Hi, Ben. How's that soy latte coming? Oh.